This is Meet the Movie Press. It is Friday, July 5th, 2019. On the show this week, Little Mermaid casting, LAOFCS mid-season awards, Suns Out, Knives Out, and Elgert Presley, plus Midsummer and Spider-Man box office, and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks, meet the movie press. It's time to meet the movie press. It is Friday, July 5th, 2019. Hello, my name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on social media at showbizsimon on Instagram and Twitter. And you can see my work uh, from Forbes and beyond. Uh, With me this week, Dimitri and Scott. Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you? Right here on Popcorn Talks, meet the movie press. And on the Twitters at Dimitri Panos. Scott Menzel. You can find me right here. And then also on Twitter and Instagram at TheOtherScottM and WeLiveEntertainment.com. Thank you so much. Now, for the week that appears to be a three-day, because everybody appears to have stopped working at Wednesday lunchtime this week, uh, it's actually been a pretty busy movie week. Now, we're going to get to the movie news in just a second, but first of all, I want to say a happy Independence Day to everybody here. Uh, Sorry about the invasion. Uh, Still a bit of a sore topic. Um, Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, But I just want to say, without us all... We would not be able to celebrate that day. No. And without you, we would not have a show. So if you want to take part in the show, you need to be in the chat room if you're watching us live on YouTube. If not, maybe you could do it next week. We really appreciate it. Uh, in the chat already this morning, Anthony Benzano in Florida. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Film nerd Jamie. Good morning, all. Good morning, film nerd Jamie. Kane Egan is in there. Good morning, Kane. Uh, BlackRock316, another regular, is in there. Good morning, Westy Kid. Hi, people. Hello, Westy Kid. And hello, Zeno Hour. Happy 4th of July to you all. Uh, a day late, but that does doesn't matter. Uh, okay, guys, let's start talking about. Um, and I, before we talk about this, I am very well aware that th- we are three white guys. Yes, <laughs> but we have to talk about this because it's been the story that everybody has been talking about this week. About on, us? No, uh, on the film Twitter and white outside guys. of film Twitter, uh, Little Mermaid casting. Now, this started earlier in the week when Ursula was the first bit of sort of major casting that came through. Mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy. A lot of people were like. Why are you giving this to Melissa McCarthy? Why didn't you give it to someone like Lizzo? If you don't know who Lizzo is, uh, Lizzo is a very uh, popular music artist at the moment uh, who is a a larger woman, uh, a woman of colour, and people are saying she would be great for it. I think, actually, it's a good suggestion. Yes. Uh, Also, then, we had announcements of casting of Jacob Tremblay and Aquafina. Aquafina is going to be the gull, and Flounder is going to be voiced by Jacob Tremblay. Okay, that was pretty innocuous. Now... There was some casting that came through then, uh, literally about 24 hours later, with the casting of Ariel. Mm -hmm. And the controversy over that, or the perceived controversy over that, was the fact that it's Halle Bailey. Some outlet said Halle Berry. It is not Halle Berry. It is Halle (laughs) Bailey. Uh, A young uh, black actress who is who's cast at, in the role of Ariel. A lot of people got upset about this uh, because they said that Ariel, in the original Disney uh, animated movie, uh, which this new uh, Little Mermaid is going to be a remake of, uh, Ariel was white, with red hair. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people pointed out that also Ariel and mermaids are not real. And if in Hans Christian Andersen's original book, she would have been green. <laughs> and also, mermaids, if they were, these mythical beasts were around, they would have been from a part of the world like Syria, where they would not have been white. So there's a lot to discuss here. Um, First of all, let's talk about the casting in general. Let's start with uh, Ursula, the sea witch. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, not someone who I would have initially thought of, but actually, 
I mean, I think she'd be a good job, but I think also Lizzo, who is uh, has not done acting before, could be interesting because she has a great voice. So discuss this, guys. I got no problem with Melissa McCarthy, and I for sure have actually with no problem with anybody they've cast. Mm. Um, is I was acting actually at Disney when that when this news came out. Right. Okay. My, the first thing I said was, uh, "Who the hell is she?" Like it wasn't about yeah. color. Like I just had no idea who she was, mm, and yeah. I was like, "A lot of people don't." She, right. Yeah, a lot of people don't. She is. She has had success uh, as, as a as a music artist uh, and also as a, as an actor in in, in a number of uh, TV shows mm-hmm. and movies. But she is not a very well known talent at the moment. Yeah, I didn't say. I didn't go on like what her color was. I just didn't know who she mm. was, and then I was like, "This is brilliant." <laughs> like this is. You, I go, number one, it's ballsy and risky for Disney to do. It's a bold casting choice. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm fine. She seems perfect. She has a charm just just from the photos I've seen. She yeah. seems very charming. I'm, I'm all in. I like it when they go with the fresh face and they didn't go with somebody that I recognize. So It's something we often talk about on the show is the yeah. fact that sometimes when we see casting in Hollywood, we get the same names coming up. And I think that point is actually really, really good. Scott, your thoughts on this? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just more bummed that Rob Marshall's directing it more than anything okay. else. Um, that, that's really what bothers me. I mean, and also the fact of how like, just completely unnecessary this is. And like, I'm just starting to feel like with the Lion King coming out, like in two weeks, mm. I'm really just starting to feel this burn. Mm-hmm. Of this, and and this is weird coming from me because I, I've enjoyed Dumbo a lot more than a lot of other people. I think I enjoyed Aladdin much more than other people, but I'm just, you know, the lat, uh, the Lion King thing is starting to kind of, you know, feel like I don't know how I'm gonna feel about that. And then this, I, this is just a weird situation for me because. I'm not I understand what Disney's doing and it's like for a new generation and I and I love the fact that they they've they've kind of picked a un, uh, uh, you know a relatively unknown to most masses who mm. this girl is but someone who has been in their you know TV world yeah um you know I I think I have more more problems with the casting of uh Aquafina and Jacob Tremblay I think Interesting. I think Jacob Tremblay is like such an obvious choice, and it's kind of like who's the hottest kid actor right now? Let's pick him. Um, and then Aquafina too. It's just like kind of like they're the, the studios. Uh, we talk about this with a lot of people who are very funny and in the now. Mm. Um, I, I'm very worried about them burning out Aquafina and the fact that like they have her in this this kind of movie. Again, it it just it just seems like such an obvious grab. And do you know who I thought they were going to cast as as the gull? Who I thought they were going to give it to Tiffany Haddish because Tiffany Haddish appears to be another of these people right yes. now who is the who is the go to for characters with 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 sass, yeah, and characters with a little bit of of back talk, yeah. And I mean, it's it's interesting because thinking about what you said and then what what Dimitri said. About Ursula, mm. you know, the obvious choice of Ursula would to be to cast someone of color, mm-hmm. right? So they're kind of doing this role reversal thing with this movie by actually having Melissa McCarthy as Ursula yeah. and then having, you know, Ariel as a completely like, oh, my God, this is not my Ariel kind of hashtag that was trending all last night. But well, they even look at it as obvious choice. Like, I don't know. Like, 
why is it an obvious choice to go with the person of color? I, I that that I guess is what because I it just became it became ingrained in our society and the way that people look at things nowadays is that they look at the history of what was given to them and they say, okay, this is what I expect. I mean, the character itself had a darker color in the in the in, in the mm. animated movie, but it wasn't like a, even a real human color. No, I like know, she, she I know, an octopus. I, I mean, know, but neither, neither was the genie in in Aladdin. Right, it's true. I, you know, I just don't. I guess I'm not. Again, just saying, why is it an obvious choice to go with the person of color? Like you go with who you believe is going to be good at the voice. Mm. Uh, and, and carry it off. And when I when I think of Aquafina, uh, the the original seagull was played by Buddy Hackett, yep. right? Yep. So he has a delivery of lines, and and I think Aquafina can. I don't want to say mimic it, but she can deliver it in a similar fashion. Uh, you know, so far I'm okay with the cast. Well, there was uh, there was a production of The Little Mermaid at the Hollywood Bowl uh, a couple of months yes. ago. They've done it previously, and this year Harvey Firestein uh, returned in the role of Ursula. He's a, a man. Yes, He's he a is. fat, white, Jewish guy. Fat, white, Jewish, gay guy. Gay guy. Yeah. And and everybody was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but he's also not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This. Right. So, I mean, ultimately, for me, I don't, I'm not, I don't care. I, but, I, I, but, but, like, listen, listen, you, yeah. you have, you had a problem. The, the person that she's, he's mentioning that mm-hmm. people want in the movie is a black woman. Right. Okay. And I think what it is, is when you listen to the voice in the original movie right. and the, 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 the singing, mm-hmm. it's soulful. It is very soulful. So essentially, it makes sense. when I think about it, it makes sense. It does make mm-hmm. sense. So like when you look at it and then you look at Ariel, where it's a very light, like Taylor Swift type voice. Yeah. La 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 la. You know, like it just, it just. But also I am, I am not, it on I am not going to see, if I see, I mean, I probably will, The Little Mermaid. We're all going to see it. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Whoever, the, the color or the sex of the people playing the characters. Yeah. Make absolutely no difference to me whether I go and see this movie. I I literally, I don't care. I I, I honestly don't care. It's like I'm going to see the movie because I want to see the movie. I'm being paid to see the movie. By an, by an outlet to cover it, but I'm not. I'm not going to see it, and I certainly won't not go and see it because of the the color of somebody's skin. I no. don't. I no. I honestly have bigger things to worry about in my life than if there's a black mermaid. Yeah, and what, but, and what but, people don't understand, I'm just real quick. No, no, it's no. just what bothers me is that all this shit is fictional. You can do whatever, <laughs> yeah. like whatever they want. If they want yeah. to make it like a green person, an alien, whoever, you know, but if you, Ariel's an alien this time around, she can be an but alien. But you know what? We're, we're, <laughs> it doesn't matter. We've had this before and we're going to continue to have it. I remember it with, with um, Hermione when they did the stage show of, of the the new uh, Harry Potter stage show, Curious Child. Um, and people were like, oh, my God, Hermione's black. It's like, okay, it doesn't. she's still Hermione. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's still it's let it it's stand on just, its own. This is not a documentary. Yeah. This is not a a factual representation. Let's see what people are talking about in the chat room. Then we need to move on from this. Uh, okay, uh, from Mark uh, Jason saying uh, Mark Jason Ali. Good morning. Uh, saying hi. Hope you enjoyed the July Fourth. Yes, did. Thank you so much. But I'm only three episodes into. Uh, Stranger Things 3, so please don't spoil that. No, please don't. Uh, Film nerd Jamie, honestly, this is the only way to garner interest in Little Mermaid. I don't give a shit (laughs) about a black aerial. I do give a shit that it's Rob Marshall directing, which is a real issue here. So again, kind of echoing your points here. Like I say, I have nothing against Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall has done a number of really good movies, but I did not enjoy Mary Poppins Returns. 
I really did not enjoy Mary Poppins Returns. So I'm a little bit concerned from that point of view, but I will still, because it's what and I do, I will go and see it. what worries me about it is the fact that... Not- and Rob's a nice guy. He's a he's, he's a, a really lovely nice guy. guy. So there's not slanging off very, Rob. He's very passionate and and yeah. he, he's very energetic. And, and he really lo- hard on it. And he loves what he does. Like but it's just like it, it's like I'm so worried. And it's like him and Lin Manuel mm. are working together again. And I'm just like the music sucked in the in that movie. Yeah. And it was just like a rehash of lazy rehash. I'm the only one who really liked that. Talking, talking about Halle Bailey, uh, Jenna James. Uh, yeah, I know she's a part of Beyonce's record label or whatever and she's on free form grownish which is perfect for the audience of the little mermaid there'll be older people to go and see it but really this is for younger people younger women especially i think not not exclusively women i like the little mermaid and i'm a i'm a, a guy beautiful film. i loved it when, yeah. it when it first came out but it's yeah. like you know it's for everybody but there is a a target audience don't see many men dressed up as ariel in disneyland no well once or i'm twice. going this week but yeah but only because you know i'm not going as ariel this week <laughs> otherwise i would have to go as ursula yeah. uh zephyra uh saying uh, i think she debuted as a singer only a couple of years ago yes yeah, she did she was discovered on youtube uh, and then she became very successful uh, every time i hear rob marshall i start to Sweat. That's from a Harris. <laughs> uh, Hugh Jennings. So Disney scaling new heights under the sea. Interesting, Hugh. Mm, the play on words. Uh, Jenna James. My sister's told me she's been doing music for a while, even before Beyonce discovered her and her sister. Yes, uh, Halle actually started on on YouTube, as I said. Uh, Connie Egan. I think Melissa McCarthy's Ursula is a perfect pick, and I think people need to get over their own personal prejudices as to whether a character has to be black or white. The majority of characters you could put a black or a white or an Asian or what. Whatever actor in their their ethnicity, their sexuality, their sex is complete. And I talk to screenwriter friends about this all the time. So many people you can put in a movie; it does not matter what <sighs> their color is or their sexual orientation. It's completely irrelevant to the storyline. Completely irrelevant. Um, uh, Anthony Manzano, Simon, can you please put the phone number in the chat? We're not going to be doing calls today, Anthony. Uh, so uh, we're going to be doing that in a couple of weeks, though. I will let you know when we're going to be doing that. Uh, Zeno Hour, Simon, how widespread were the complaints? Because I saw everybody responding to the same few tweets. Which one of them was a bot? Yes, one of those. Well, actually, yeah, there are a couple of those that turned out to be bots. Uh, maybe the internet needs to stop amplifying trolls. I think, Zeno, that is a very valid point. However, when these points are raised, they do need to be discussed because it's a really important dialogue generally. Uh, Westy Kid, I think uh, Halle Bailey got cast as Ariel because her voice sounds like an angel and she has a 30s to 40s voice. She also has, and she, I know she's very young and I don't mean this to sound appropriate, she has a very classic, very beautiful look. Mm-hmm. Um, a very Disney princess look mm-hmm. about her mm-hmm. as a human being. I think if you're looking at the physicality of people for these roles... I think actually, and completely ignoring skin colour, I think it is they're actually they physically are good representations of these of these characters. If you look at them, you can go, yeah, I can see as flounder. Yeah, I can see as a gull. Yeah, I can see as Ursula. Yeah. And for some people, that that optical association is more important than the colour of the skin. Yes. Or even sure. the sex, as we saw with Harvey Feinstein. Okay, we're going to move on from this. Uh, thank you for your, your input on uh, Little Mermaid. Uh, it's really, really uh, important to have this as well. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next thing, which I want you to take the lead on this, Scott. Uh, LAOFCS, uh, the LA Online Film Critics Society. Full disclosure, 
of which we are all a member, of which yes. we are all a member, and it is a group that you head. Uh, mid-season awards came out this week. Right. Uh, first time that we've had a chance to vote in this year's year. Awesome. Okay, you take the lead on this, Scott, and run us through um, a few of the main uh, runners and riders and winners. Okay, so essentially what we wind up doing uh, at the LAOFCS is um, most film critics organizations just kind of come out around award season, which is at the end of the year, um, typically around uh, about early, mid-September, and run all the way until about the Oscar time, which Mm -hmm. is about March. Um, What we decided to do is we tried to... You know, bring awareness to film pretty much throughout the year, which is why we do LAOFCS Weekly. Um, And then we were also, you know, thinking about what else can we do to kind of really, you know, make a den and kind of look back at the movies. Uh, One of the things that we've always discussed, and it's been a big conversation in the industry in general, is how films that come out in the first half of the year, come award season, usually either get overlooked or snubbed, um, or some of them manage to go all the way. So what we decided to do last year was the first year that we did it was we recreated a mid-season awards. Now, this one does not have as many categories as our main award ceremony at the end of the year. Yep. But it actually has uh, about 10 to 12 awards this year. We, we, we moved it from 10 to 12, uh, adding a couple new categories, um, one of which is best streaming because mm-hmm. streaming has become such a big thing now. Very much so. Uh, so we wanted to incorporate um, movies as well as television with that because a lot of these things are like limited series mm-hmm. and original ideas. Um, and it was, it was very interesting because um, when the nominations came out, uh, a lot of movies, I felt like a lot of really smaller movies were very overlooked. And Simon and we talked about it, and Dimitri, we talked about it. Yeah. Um, films like Hotel Mumbai didn't even get like nominated at all. And that was something that I thought was going to be a shoe-in to get into multiple categories. A movie that everyone I know has seen yeah. has said great things about. Right. And no, nowhere to be found in the actual uh, nominations or the winners. Mm. Uh, and I think the most interesting aspect of the winners was um, it goes to show how the movies this year just weren't that appealing, not only to uh, audiences going to the box office mm. uh, and going to the theater, of, I should say, not the box office, but going to the theater, but how... We as collectively as a group pretty much picked three movies for like pretty almost much. all of the categories. A couple of outsiders, the odd runner and rider, everybody had like a little additional favorite, but those those core three were there. Yeah. And I mean and, and the ones that kind of took the lead uh very often in this was of course Jordan Peele's Us, um, Dexter Fletcher's Rocket Man and Olivia Wilde's Book Smart. Mm. Uh, which you all know, anyone who's listened to this show or listened to LAOFCS Weekly, we are all very big fans of Booksmart, yes. 100%. And um, you heard us go on how much we love Rocket Man for like freaking 35 minutes <laughs> that one episode. Yeah. Um, so what I thought was really awesome about this, so just to kind of go through some some of it. So like our best picture went to Booksmart, runner-up was Rocket Man. Again, see what I'm saying there. Um the mid-season best actor was Taron Egerton uh, for Rocket Man. Uh, again, I feel like that was a no-brainer whatsoever. Yeah. The more interesting one for this was actually the the runner-up actually being Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Uh, I don't know how that's going to play actual award season when it comes to the end, um, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, Lapita. Uh, Nyong'o for us won Best Actress, and then runner-up was Beanie Feldstein. Um, 
which there is an interesting... Um, I was surprised by that one. Were you? I was quite surprised by that and, one. And she was a far lead. Almost like 60% of the votes went to Lapita. Interesting. And I think what the problem is, and we were uh, a few people in LAOFCS approached me like privately about it, was it's the, the idea of um, Caitlin Deanver and Beanie Feldstein mm. actually needing that kind of combined nomination in order to win it. Yeah. Because what's happening is is that you're playing against those two, and they kind of wipe each other out. Mm. It, it's very much very reminiscent of the Emma Stone and the Rachel Weiss really scenario from, yeah. from The Favorite. Really yeah. good example. Where like they kind of don't really work if they yeah, don't have cancel one another out. They cancel each other out. Yeah, and that was a big thing. And we were bringing it up, you know, in the group, and everyone kind of like naysayed it very quickly of like combining them. Um, so we didn't wind up doing it, but I think that's a big fear. Mm. If if Booksmart's going to try to have an awards campaign this year, I think they would they would benefit um, kind of trying to put one in uh, best supporting and one in best actress. Yeah, but I don't know if that's going to actually be the thing. Um, and then just a couple other real quick ones. Um, you know, best supporting actor. Uh, Jamie Bell won for Rocket Man, and then the runner-up for this I thought was interesting. But one that I actually kind of agree with is Ben Mendelsohn for Captain Marvel because I thought he was really a highlight in that movie. Which I, I agree, a highlight in the movie, but for some reason didn't occur to me. When I think I, was, I voted for him. Yeah, interesting. Was, when I put my nominations in, I was. It was tough. We talked. It was. It was really tough. I mean, because this year, the first half of this year. There have been a lot of movies out, but a lot of them have just been. There's been a lot more like <laughs> middling and very few that are like there's something exceptional about them. And that's not to say that the majority of movies have been bad. There have been a lot of bad movies, perhaps more in the first half of the year than I can remember. But it's getting those top ones, the ones that really go above and really move the art forward in some way. Yeah, that that was just like I was. I was genuinely struggling. And there's some that actually that that were nominated that I forgot about or missed that actually I'm like ah actually that's better but it was it's a really interesting list this yeah, year yeah and I, and I, and then of course billy lord run for uh best supporting actress <laughs> which again and, i forgot for booksmart even though at did, the time really? yeah genuinely i was i was thinking oh my god and it was really for me that movie was still so much about the two leads and I, as soon as i saw that i was like fuck how could i forget that yeah, yeah. um you know the what the one thing that I thought was very special about this, uh, especially this year, and just kind of about the organization as a whole, is this was the second time we did this, and we focused very heavily on social media this year. Mm. And social media, just for anyone who's kind of like looking at organizations, starting organizations, way to promote, social media is the way to go. Yeah. And it's very important to kind of have clear hashtags and, you know, the, the the studios and the, the the talent really embraced this. I mean, I was shocked when I like when Olivia Wilde went through every single one of the people one of the awards that she won, and even one where they didn't win, and actually went through it and were like congratulations, and like actually wrote a unique tweet for every single one. Yep. Taryn Edgerton, who is never on Twitter, no. randomly never. came yep. out. He doesn't and like, like Twitter. And no, he randomly came out and retweeted and thanked us for, for the nomination, the win. And Jamie Bell. And I, I thought it was it's fantastic. Jordan Peele, I think, liked a couple of the tweets. So, like, I, I love the fact that this organization, um, it, it's, it's bringing awareness to not only film, but also uh, uh, the group of, of critics that mm. we are. And I think it, it's, it's great that, like, so many people have really started supporting this organization because – 
this is truly like a grassroots organization. Like yes. we don't have, you know, n- not saying that it's not going to happen probably in the next year or two, but we're like so far we have never had like corporate backing or any funding whatsoever no. from like any major like company. It's literally like from the ground up. And it and it's been hard and it's like all those images I made them and like you know the tweets were like shared by our members and people promoted it like all from within it had no studio involvement whatsoever in in promoting and the advertising of this group. So. I, I think the award that I'm most looking forward to um, being handed out this year is the uh, is the Robert Downey Jr. Disney Iron Man Award. Um, yes, for uh, for best supporting actor. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me yeah. too. Being me the too. show. I didn't even know it was a category. Yeah, yeah it's, but, it's, but uh, it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a, we, we buy millions for that. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. Yeah. Millions of dollars. Yeah. Millions of bucks. Uh, it's, seriously, I'm really, it, it's made me more excited for the second half of the year because now we've whittled that down. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how that changes in the next six months when we come to doing the awards. And I get to vote in a number of awards this year. I'm very, very lucky to be able to vote in, in the LAOFCS. Um, I also, like you, get to vote in the Critics' Choice. Um, and I also get to contribute to the BAFTAs this year, which is um, which is incredible. So uh, I have a lot of movies to catch up oh, on. Oh, yeah. I swear to God I'm going to watch Hotel Mumbai. Yeah, you have I swear to, to yeah. God I'm going to watch that to. movie. It might be on uh, on demand, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is available on streaming at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm going to I'm gonna try and find some time. It's just I'm I, I, crazy busy on some projects right now, but I will get around to that. Uh, before we move on, uh, Scott, thank you so much for that, yeah, for no running problem. us through that. I mean, it's a really, really good, uh, a really good thing this year. Um, and, uh, and I'm really looking forward to, to the end of the year. Uh, going back to Little Mermaid, very briefly before we go on to the next thing uh, Zeno Hour uh, I'm indifferent about this Little Mermaid adaptation but I'm all for this casting uh, film no Jamie Ari Aster's The Little Mermaid that is yes. what I want someone else suggested Lars von Trier's Little Mermaid mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a KCOG saying I know Melissa McCarthy is cast but Titus Burgess would have been awesome yes Titus Burgess would have been absolutely yes. great a really good suggestion there uh, Jody Petrella, uh, Petrella saying uh, Simon when Zendaya was rumoured Zendaya is Michi by the way uh, was rumoured to be cast as Ariel, no one had a problem. This girl gets cast, and people are sending her hate comments on Twitter. I have no problem with this casting. No, I think uh, this casting is is really interesting, and I think it's a really good choice. I don't think it's... Some people have said it's social justice warrior star stuff from Disney. No, I, I disagree with that. Um, Acacio G uh, agreeing with uh, Jody. Uh, I'm excited for adaptations of additional diverse stories. I mentioned um, as a new one, Sade later. Uh, Cat Yellow Ranger. It's not the first time they made a traditionally European princess black brandy was cinderella absolutely and also when we're talking about this i talked about mentioned earlier and i just wanted to pick up on this in case anybody misconstrues my comments i said that i don't care and we we don't care about really who is cast i do however i mean i realize that little mermaid being cast is not particularly personally important to me there are a lot of people out there who feel that they are fans of the little mermaid when whether they're white or or, or black or, or, or asian or whatever um who will garner something from seeing nobody will lose out on the Little Mermaid, yeah. everybody will benefit from a new yeah. Little Mermaid, but there will be a large audience of non-white um, audience members, girls and boys, who will appreciate seeing a further representation. And it's not a social justice warrior, yeah. but it's like we we don't have to worry about this because we're white, because there are a lot of these characters who who just are white. Yeah, and I know that it will. While we, it might not matter to us there are people that it will matter to. And it's not about making it an issue, but it is about also being able to see themselves on screen. Something I have never... It's never bothered me, the colour of somebody on screen, but it's never really mattered to me, the colour of somebody on screen. And I know there are 
billions of people for whom that does make a difference every oh, day. Yeah, sure. So I lose nothing by having a black aerial. A lot of people gain from having a black aerial, yeah, and just, I'm fine with that. I just want it to be good. Yeah. And quality is key yeah. over everything else right. in Hollywood. You can put all the rainbow of faces on a movie, but if the movie is not good, nobody wins. No. Nobody wins. The companies don't win, the audiences don't win, the talent don't win. Quality is key. Okay, uh talking about that, uh someone would say <laughs> We have the knives out today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a segue. So let's move on to one of the trailers. I'm not a massive person for trailers. I do watch them for the show, but I tend to watch them and leave and wait to the movie. Uh, knives Out dropped earlier this week. Uh, Ryan Johnson's new movie. Uh, we're calling it Star Wars Knives Out. Yeah. Um, I, I deliberately didn't engage with this movie a huge amount when it was being made. But seeing the trailer and seeing the cast... I am so excited about this movie. And there are two movies now that are influenced by one of my favourite movies of all time, I think, in style, and that is Clue. Yep. There is Ready or Not, and now there is Knives Out, which have that similar whodunit with a little bit of a tongue-in-the-cheek element to it. Fuck yeah, is what I say. <laughs> Knives Out, you guys have seen the trailer as well. Uh, okay, let's start with Dimitri on this one. Dimitri, your thoughts on this trailer? I really enjoyed the trailer, um... Jamie Lee Curtis was at CinemaCon earlier yep. this year. I I I thought that the the footage she showed at CinemaCon was even better. Yeah. Um than like than what was portrayed in the trailer. So I was already pumped for this movie. So I I'm looking for I was looking forward to this movie before Ready or Not and when Ready or Not trailer came on I was like going What's well, like knives I out? Yeah. I want to know how Lionsgate's going to try to get out of the way of that because I right from trailer to trailer there is almost a similarity that they has somebody has to try to like say we're not that movie yeah. in one way shape or form. But I can't wait for knives out. They're gonna they're gonna put knives <clears throat> out at TIFF. That's how they're gonna make that different. They're yeah. gonna put that at Toronto. Some it's gonna either be the opening, opening night of the Midnight Madness. Or it's going to be a special programming or something. Yeah. That I can tell you. That being said, with, with this movie itself, I'm sorry, Dimitri. This is why I like Johnson as a director. Like, when I watch this trailer, yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, could you please stop making Star Wars movies and go back to making movies like this? Yeah. Because this movie, like, we saw that footage at CinemaCon. And I leaned over to him. I'm like, I am down for this movie so hard. Like, it's like this, it, it just, the cast doesn't look like it belongs together, but somehow they, like, <laughs> all play off one another perfectly. Yeah. I mean, even Lakeith Stanfield being in the middle of all this, <laughs> it just works. And um, I, I, I love the comedy aspect of it, but I also love that they're doing, like, the, the clue aspect of mm. it as well. And it just looks like such a fun time. And uh, I hope, I hope, I hope it I hope it lives up. So why, the expectation. Why, why, why were you apologizing? To oh, because I because yeah. I just I am so not on board with him doing Star Wars. I want him to fucking drop that. Well, I, I mean, really who? don't want it. Who? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Oh, I got nothing. Oh, I got no. Well, said, I mean, I, I said John Cena. No, 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 no. I, John Cena. He can so, stop doing movies in general, but that's my opinion on that. I mean, I, you guys have basically picked up on on kind of everything that that yeah. I was going to say. Um, but I th- this this movie, it's just. 
there's a lot of movies out there that are, you just feel like you're seeing the same thing on a variation on a theme yes. or even even a variation within a genre. And within a genre, you can have, you know, there's huge skate for different types of movies. But I just feel we get a lot of movies are getting closer and closer and closer together. And a lot of movies are not. There's no breath of fresh air. Mm. Well, there's very rarely a breath of fresh air. Every now and again, we have one maybe twice or three times a year. This, to me, really feels like towards, especially going into awards season yep. for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So often at this time of year, it's like, dun, 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 award stuff. Dun, 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 family, family movies for the holidays. Dun, 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 awards. And this feels like here is something that is worthy, potentially, of awards nomination. I could see potentially that kind of thing happening. But also a movie that is completely different. This is a this is a dark sorbet with a, a little, little bit of pepper in there yeah. that I think is really going to... If this meal of cinema, and you just pop this on your tongue, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, yeah. this is good. <laughs> it really, it genuinely, I was watching it. There's not often I see trailers where I'm like... Oh, that makes the my you know uh, hair stand on end, or gives me goosebumps, or moves me in some way. This is one of the few trailers I've seen this year where I'm like, yeah, this yeah. this this is a movie I would pay to see. Yeah, this is a movie I want to see probably more than once. When you watch a movie, and when I saw Get Out for the first time, I loved Get Out, and it's still my favorite Jordan Peele movie. Um, and then I watched once you know what happens in Get Out, then you watch it again, and you're like. Aha, here mm -hmm. we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but however, I mean, as much as I like Ryan Johnson and as much as I'm looking forward to Knives Out, the minute that movie hits its first screening, I'm going to have to start a GoFundMe campaign to ask for it to be remade. Yeah. <laughs> so before you see it I'm gonna, or after? I'm gonna, no, before I've seen oh, it, of good. course. Okay. Because then I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. okay, I'll yeah. You you have to do that. It's have always to do more that. important when you haven't seen the movie yes. to be really upset by it. Yes. Um, to then start a campaign right. to right. get the whole thing remade. So I trust I have your backing. Yeah, yeah. You, already? 100%. Yeah. You just Venmoed me. That's See? amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Ryan, it's nothing personal, but <laughs> yeah. this is the way it goes now. Yes. Yeah. This is the way it goes out. And, uh, and I have to say, I know you, you, you keep on referencing Clue, but Clue is just a remake of what, in my mind, and I own Clue, and I like Clue, but it ain't Murder by Death. Murder by Another Death. Another great movie. Another uh, yeah. great movie. But Clue, let's you know, let's not let's not forget that Clue, which is a great movie, was not a hit when it came out. Nobody no. appreciated no. it. No. Brian Lynch, who wrote uh, a number of the Minions movies, and he mm. wrote Secret Life of Pets, a number of other things for Illumination. This week, he experienced the the Clue uh, the sort of thing for the first time um and absolutely loved it i don't know how brian brian seriously dude i have no idea how he has not managed to, to see this movie in these years he's a really really nice guy uh not that being nice has anything to do with not seeing clue um but uh, seriously he loved it and pointed out the fact that it would be a real i think it was brian who mentioned this it would be really good if somebody did a broadway show of clue and every single performance you got a different ending Oh, yeah. I like that idea. I like that idea, too. I like it a lot. Uh, okay, chats uh, in this Xeno hour saying Scott Menzel versus John Cena at WrestleMania. Let's make it happen. Kame Egan knives out. Looks I lose. <laughs> Everybody loses. Kame uh, Egan knives out looks hysterical, and I have to say, language cap. Uh, also, can I just say, it's great to see Daniel Craig in a non-Bond movie that actually looks good. Yes. I thought he was great in Logan Lucky. 
Yeah, but nobody saw Logan Lucky. That's their fault. That is true. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, a really good movie. It is available on Amazon Prime, though, if you do want to watch that. Jenna James, lol. Xena uh, Hour, I want Ryan Johnson to do all of the Star Wars just to see the trolls explode. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, uh, I like that. I would back lot. that on GoFundMe. <laughs> Go fund myself. Uh, Zafira, lol, at Simon. Xena uh, Hour, thank you. I get that a lot, usually when I'm naked. Xena uh, Hour, release the Snyder Cut of Live Knives Out. Yeah, There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. Uh, okay, let's talk about it. Uh, Ansel Elgort. Miles Teller, Harry Styles, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Austin Butler. No, they weren't all but guests at my July the 4th barbecue. <laughs> they are in the running to play Elvis Presley for Bez Luhrmann. G'day, mate. Uh, yeah, so Ansel Elgort, Miles Teller, Harry Styles, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Austin Butler in the run to play Elvis. I could see Elgort Presley quite easily out of all of those people. Miles Teller, obviously a regular in the chat. We know that. Yes. Uh, good to have you watching the show every week, Miles. Thank you so much. Uh, so, guys, thoughts on this? I mean, these are obviously names around. And so we know. Miles we know. Harry Styles was was good in, in Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, uh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson is a good actor that sometimes is not given the right material. Uh, Austin Butler, not particularly familiar with. Your thoughts on these ideas for Elvis? Tom Hanks, by the way, has already been cast as the colonel who is basically his manager. Scott, on this one. Uh, let's go with the guy who's unknown. Just, just for yucks. I think, it's, I think it, when, you, when you're playing someone who's so iconic like Elvis, and since we've gone the route the last couple of years of picking very well-known actors to play these biopic movies, mm. uh, I, I think I would like to see more of an unknown in the role. Um, I mean, I think every single one of these guys could br- bring something unique to the, f- to the project, um, I just would like to see that star in the making kind of performance as opposed to seeing someone like, oh, where we can compare him. Oh, he was he was good in this movie. He was good in Whiplash, but he's even better here. I, I, I think having a chance to kind of really boost someone's star mm-hmm. is the way they should go for something like this. Interesting. I mean, I can, I can get on board with that. Dimitri, your no, thoughts? No, I, I, I mean, it's that's what I was talking about. Little Mermaid, you go with somebody, do that. It's the Richard Donner Superman theory. Yeah. Cast an unknown, and people won't have that version and go, oh, look, it's it's so-and-so playing mm. Elvis. I like going with an unknown, but I also like Ansel Egg. Um, Ansel Egg. I, and and because, if I had to pick one, he... Well, and I say him because, too, he's, like, on the cusp. People can recognize him, yeah. but I don't think he's he's on that cusp of that star status. A movie like this could... And how you are with Rob Marshall, I'm the same with Baz Luhrmann. Uh, when I hear that name, it kind of gives me... Baz, this, Baz Luhrmann, I, some of his movies I've really liked, and some of them I haven't no. liked. You see, this is something that people also get, yeah. you know, when we talk about movies, they're like, I love all the films by his director! <laughs> Directors don't like all the movies right. that they've directed. Right. Actors don't like all the movies that they've been... I had a conversation the other day with, uh, okay, not the world's biggest star, but Corbin Burnson, and he was talking about movies and things that he's done, and he doesn't like them. Every single time I talk to director you know this as well you yes. do this on a regular basis when you talk about certain things to actors actresses directors producers writers they are they've done movies that they don't necessarily like so when we say we don't like all of Baz Luhrmann's work right. we're not being a shit about it <laughs> Baz Luhrmann knows that not all of his movies are great hey Australia I'm looking at you yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking terrible movies seriously yeah. there are only a handful of movies that I prayed for death while watching 
<laughs> Australia is one of them. However, I did get a lovely leather satchel out of the junket. Oh, That's very nice. Which proved to be very, very helpful. For that me. one had Hugh Jackman yeah. in it, too. Yeah. Which, I mean, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman and as Nicole much as, Kidman, right? As, yeah. As much as I love Hugh Jackman, uh, you know, he's had some stinkers. He's had lots of stinkers. Yeah. I mean, a lot of averages catches boo-boo. up with you. Yeah. It, it just happens. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, out of all of them, Ansel Elgort is the one that I, I think would, would be. Pick, yeah. uh, Ansel or I think Harry Styles. But to be honest with you, I'm very on board with the idea of this being an Elvis movie, but it's the name is Tom Hanks and then the other person. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a movie about Elvis, I think just having Tom Hanks in there would be, you know, is, is enough to, to kind of get the attention, even if he's second fiddle. And mm-hmm. I do think it's sometimes, and we've said this on the show before, when you have a character that is so iconic, it is nice to have someone who's, you're not distracted by the star power. It's not right. someone doing, you know, someone mm-hmm. high level doing an impression. And I think it's actually quite nice to have that freeing element of doing it. And Ansel, I think, could do the Elvis look yeah, but while not being going like he's doing an impression very right. very well, in the same way that Rami Malek I think did Freddie Mercury in in Bohemian. I watched Bohemian Rhapsody last night again, and I'm I'm sorry, like I know the movie gets a lot of shit. I mean, just tremendous. He mate. is just so good in that yeah. movie. Like I know he's not singing like you know Taron is singing in Rocket Man, but the look at some points when he's like performing and some of the oh my god, like you forget you're watching him, like. Yeah. I, I, I got to give that movie kudos. I, I like I still got goosebumps watching it last yeah, night. Or, or, yeah, you pick an actor that you don't necessarily think could play that role. I mean, Kurt Russell played that role in John Carpenter's television movie of Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody would have thought at that time that he could play Elvis. So, uh, Bruce Campbell was playing yeah. Elvis. Yeah. Home tap, yeah. Westy Kid, Aaron, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson played a young John Lennon. That is true. Uh, Senior Nerd, isn't Harry Styles rumoured for Eric in Little Mermaid? I don't know. Uh, Westy Kid, <laughs> Zafira, laughing at Zafira, who said, uh, are you going to delve into the Priscilla Presley stuff? She was young when they met. I don't know. Xeno uh, Hour, uh, it's unclear exactly is, is the correct response there. Uh, Janet James, not really interested in the film, knowing what I know of Elvis. Uh, Daryl, not interested in an Elvis movie. Is the ending going to have him... <laughs> on a toilet. Uh, he, died, he died on a toilet. Uh, yeah, I do not know. But spoiler, Spo- in case you weren't aware. <laughs> spoiler. Uh, any other actor recommendations for Elvis coming through in Popcorn Talk? To be honest with you, actually, uh, I think for, for a short list of actors, this is pretty good. Um, although I'm just going to say, you know, Halle Bailey, just, you know, to make it <laughs> She'd Zend- make a great Zendaya. Zendaya. Zendaya for Elvis. I'm going to go with uh, Titus Burgess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, a couple of other stories I want to touch on uh, that have come through this week. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What? What have they done to Elvis? talk, actually. Hallie, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Let, let, let's talk about uh, some other stories Justice that happened this Zendaya. week. Justice for Zendaya. Justice for Zendaya. Zendaya and Uh It filmmaker Anthony Machetti uh, is in talks to take over as the Flash director. Uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein have exited. Uh, guys, your thoughts on this this week? I... I I, I don't know if we're going to see a Flash movie before I die. Yeah, <laughs> I, but, I, but I really want this. Fla- but I really want this Flash movie to happen because yeah. I loved him in this role. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I yeah. love Ezra Miller. I, I really, he's like one of the few celebrities who's like not afraid to freaking tell it like it is. I mean, we were in a Fantastic Beasts press day, 
and people were asking him all the dumb, spoily questions. And like he just the way that he responded to press, like I literally like after the I like literally like went over to him. I'm like, you have to be like one of my favorite interview people now, because mm. he was just like mocking them, and it was so fucking brilliant. It's like you think I can tell you that? He's like, you'd be you'd be better off asking me who painted that painting over there. Like I don't know who the fuck did that either. Yeah. So it's like, um, I just really appreciate that. But this Flash movie. I don't know what the freak is going on with it because, like, everyone, I think everyone's in agreement uh, as much as everyone has different opinions on Justice League. I think everyone really liked The Flash as a character. Yeah. And I'm like, why are they taking so long to get this movie made? Mm. And that, those, those other guys were the guys who did Game Night. And yeah. I remember at the, inter, uh, at the press day for Game Night, they were talking about how mm-hmm. they were excited about doing it. And then wasn't it before then it was the guy who did Dope? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this and- has been through a lot of hands and it's just like weird but it's it's nice knowing that ezra miller is still in, involved because i think if he walked away from it i think i would lose a lot of interest but i think with ezra willow ezra, ezra miller won't <laughs> won't be around forever i think no. there'll come a point where like with yeah. movies like the crow where he'll go okay you know if this bus isn't going to the destination i'm just going to get off early and i'm gonna i'm gonna get on a different bus bus is bussing um <laughs> you know i think it's i, I don't think ezra miller is going to want to stay on this train no. And especially the more hands that it goes through, the less it kind of gets a little bit. You get a lot of fingerprints on this and then you have a little bit of history and then you kind of, you don't know if you want to still be that that thing. Well, at least so I, I don't know. Film three quarters of the movie and then decide to fire the people. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I, I think for I think it's not a bad choice for directing. Mm. Uh, I was reading like some articles going why a horror director is great for comic book movies I'm why like, not like Shazam 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 in fact what's the big deal like how about any good director direct like right, right. go ahead but in fact in this uh, Ashley Manzal has just said uh, they should have David F. Sandberg do Flash because it needs the tone of Shazam really good example yeah. Uh, Harris, uh, remember that Hamada came on board when Daly and Goldstein already were already working on it? Uh, it may have been Hamada's decision. Uh, done with uh, Miller's Flash. Heck, all those guys. Let me just go back. Uh, all those guys there in the running for Elvis and, and, and Rizzo the past couple of months. Uh, they could replace him if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think that I, 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 I agree with Ashley on this. That I, I genuinely think, and I agree with you on this, that that David should should do this. Zeno, I was saying, I look forward to Goldstein and Daly's take on the Flash. However, uh, Andy and Christina Hodson uh, are a more intriguing creative team. Might be an upgrade? Question mark. Uh, Dimitri, do you think creativity and vision is going to be the key to making this movie a success? Perhaps more so than Miller's. It'll movies. help. I mean, don't we all? We're, DC is also in a major transition, and and it's clear that they have no idea where they exactly want to go. Yeah. And to your point to our point about Ezra Miller, the mere fact that he is still on board, like, is showing that he at least has faith in the character. So at this point, Warner Brothers in DC has to have faith in him and get the show on the road. And I think the directors that they picked are really solid. Let's make a good flash movie yeah. that can have I think they should be using Shazam which is their property, mm. they should be kind of using that as their model, and that's how you can make a good Flash movie. Yeah. Don't make it dark. Make it red. He's the crimson... Uh, I forget. Make it so that it's good and entertaining. Ezra Miller already proved that he can be funny in the role, mm-hmm. and that he's likable. Stay with it. Yeah. 
Good yeah. point. Uh, okay, Jumanji, uh, the next level trailer came out this week. Did you guys get to check this out? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This movie, uh, the trailer came out. I kind of expected it. it got a lot of attention very quickly, and then it kind of died out. Your thoughts on the trailer? Want me to go from yeah. 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 I am so excited for this movie. I really, like, at first, I was kind of like, oh, God, they're really doing this again. And seeing, like, how they change up the story and mm. they added new actors and, like, seeing Dwayne Johnson do a Danny Glover impression, that is freaking brilliant. I just, I'm so, I couldn't believe how entertained I was for it. Like, I literally was smiling the entire trailer and I was like, I can't wait for this movie to be released. Yeah. It just, everything... You know, it looks like it was going to be the same gimmick, and that was what I was worried about. Yeah. But the changing in voices really yes. makes the movie work. Yeah. And I love just like I mean, I love that the movie is already embracing the controversy of Karen Gillian's character. Yeah. Like in the trailer, like they're like they already like having fun with it. It just, it just it looks like a blast, and I this franchise may keep going. I, I'm surprised. Karen Gillan, who's great but horribly underused in Stuba, uh, we will talk about <laughs> that next week. Uh, Dimitri, your thoughts on the trailer? Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Jumanji the movie. Okay, so going into this, I was like, going all right, eh. and then I saw the trailer and I was like, all right, you hooked me. <laughs> I'm gonna go see the. I'm gonna see this movie. Yeah. Um, I, again, I like the whole role reversal. I enjoy using Danny Glover and Danny DeVito yeah. uh, in this. I like what they do because it seems like this is going to be far more comedic. Mm. And it looks like the actors are able to pull it off. Yeah, And that, to me, is like you even made Kevin Hart not be Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm in. What do you mean? What do you Kevin Hart, I mean Kevin Hart. Yeah, um, but no. I mean, I, 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 when I saw the first Jumanji trailer, I was really thought that movie was going to suck. Yes. I really thought it was going to be horrible. Absolutely love Jumanji. Uh, this I'm very, very excited for. Again, I'm not going to watch any more trailers for this movie. I'm done. I'm in. I don't want to remember all the bits in the trailer, but I know this movie sold for me. A uh, little bit of a missed trick, though. Why didn't they call it Jumanji Three? Jumanji Three, because it's the third one. There's Jumanji, I, I don't Jumanji, know. and then Jumanji Three. But that's just me. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm super psyched for that. A couple of other stories before we get to reviews and box office that I think yeah, you might be uh, aware of or you might want to check out this week. Uh, news that uh, Robocop Returns will feature the original Robocop suit. That's according to the director, uh, Neil Blomkamp. Rami mm-hmm. Malek this week uh, did an interview with the Daily Mirror in the UK on his Bond 25 villain uh, condition. Basically, the one condition he had if he was going to play the villain, and that's no terrorism motive or having it related to religion or ideology. Uh, Alien Nation remake. Oh, it's not happening, man. Uh, Again, uh, it's not happening? That's the latest casualty of the Disney Fox acquisition. Alien Nation, if you haven't seen that 80s movie, check it out. It is fucking brilliant. Uh, and Bill and Ted Face the Music has started shooting in New Orleans, and everybody's spoiling it already with photos of the guys on set. Please don't make me sick of this movie before we actually see it. We're very lucky that it's actually happening. Yes, so many are. years, it didn't look like it was going to happen. No. Don't make me fucking bored of this. And also, Keanu, should have kept the beard, man. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about... Uh, we talked about uh, Spider-Man last week. We did the review, so we're not going to talk about that from a review point of view. If you want to go and check last week's show, you can do. Uh, but Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, brought in $39.25 million on Tuesday, marking the largest Tuesday debut of all time. Uh, the pre- Previous record, I know. Well done, Spidey. Well done, Spidey. You got this, man. Sony's um, like, yes, yeah, finally. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, besting the previous record set by Sony's <laughs> The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, which was less than amazing. Uh, that opened with 
37 million over its six day debut back in uh, July 2012. Uh, despite the performance, Sony is projecting 125 million six day performance. This is how the weekend is going to look. Spider Man Far From Home, 80 million. Toy Story 4 in second place, 32.2 million. Yesterday, uh, still around 9.5 million. Annabelle Come Home, uh, 8. Point Annabelle Come Home, uh, 8.1 million. <laughs> like I'm telling a doll off. Annabelle Come Home! Stop it. <laughs> uh, Aladdin uh, in fifth place, uh, 7.8 million. Midsummer, a new entry at 7 million. Uh, followed by Secret Life of Pets 2, Men in Black International, uh, Avengers Endgame, and Rocket Man. I'm a Rocket Man. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, by you the way, you better go this weekend. You better go yeah. this weekend. Uh-huh. Seriously, it is a movie worth catching on the big screen. Uh, Spider Man Far From Home, uh, getting some very mixed reactions. Very interesting seeing uh, reactions of the general public who are now getting to see this movie. Um, d- generally, I would say favorable, but some uh, people who really do not like this movie um, which is very very interesting and some people I'm seeing who absolutely love this movie so I'm very interested to see what the box office goes box office figures of course as usual uh, via boxofficemojo.com thank you so much for that uh, so Spider-Man looks like it's going to own this weekend guys um, no, the be. other movie this release no. uh, this week really is Midsommar uh, which is let's call it niche yeah, let's call it niche. I would say so. uh, horror is a broad genre um, but certainly Hereditary the director's previous movie uh, was uh was niche. not it was not huge. It was niche. <laughs> it was niche. <laughs> it was niche, as some people say. Uh, okay, now I have not seen this movie. Unfortunately, right. I could not make any of the screenings. Uh, Dimitri, you have not have seen not this seen movie. Uh, now, Scott, you are the only person here who has seen this movie this week. So, I would love your opinion on this. Movie. Would you? Okay, um, Midsummer from Scott okay, Menzel. So, aged eighteen and a half. Yes. Initially, when I walked out of this movie, I think I texted Dimitri and I said, "I think it's like the worst movie that I've seen all year." <laughs> Did that make the poster? No, it did not. Okay. But no, but 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 then what's weird was like I started seeing these other movies like yesterday and <laughs> Spider-Man's Far From Home. And then I started like looking back at Midsummer and I was like, "You know what? At least I liked the first half of that movie." <laughs> and honestly, like it has actually changed my perspective of the movie. This is one of the the few times where I've actually watched the movie and then watched a couple movies afterwards. And I constantly thought back about that movie. And I was like, wow, the first half of that movie was actually really good. And then it just kind of meanders and just keeps going and going. Mm. For those who don't know what this movie is about, it it essentially is a trip. A bunch of guys take a trip. And one of the girlfriends comes along on this trip. Now, the backstory is the, the girlfriend has some, some issues that happen in her life. I'm not going to spoil what they are. Okay. But she's grieving, and she's upset, and the guy that she's dating is kind of a little bit of a douche, a little bit absentee, so to speak, uh, where he's just kind of like, yeah, 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 kind of guy. And they go on this little uh, trip to Sweden and during midsummer. And uh, they're all fascinated by the fact that these people are all bizarre and weird and cult-like. Where do the ABBA songs come in? uh, They don't, Hmm. unfortunately. No. Instead, you get like a bear and some weird sexual acts and then some weird things of suicide, which I should warn. Um, I was actually talking to someone in LAOFCS about this. And um, movies like this where they deal very heavily with a suicide theme – yeah. Really need to have a warning on on the movies. I, I will agree. This girl who I was talking to was very upset about it. And uh, I think it's very important to have that. Because I remember when 13 Reasons Why came out, you know, every episode they had that little uh, disclaimer. Yeah. 
And there's some real depictions in this movie that are very, very graphic. Again, maybe it's because, like, if you know Ari Aster's work, yeah. you, you expect some, you know, no, nothing, spe- you know, nothing different from him. The man is is deeply troubled. I think if you watch <laughs> this film and the uh, and his previous film, Hereditary, mm-hmm. he has some dark demons of himself in in, in himself. Um, but this movie, I think, is very much a a a, a film lover's movie in terms of um, being a film aficionado and being a lover of art. Right. Um, I don't think that the movie is great. I, I I mean, I've seen the first initial reviews, like we see for most movies. Another masterpiece, you five know, like stars, five, five stars, stars. You know, like it's like Jordan Peele's. Uh, uh, you know, um, well, us is the greatest masterpiece of all time. New horror master. No film will top this. No film will ever top this. Stop it. Does that have the magic M in front of it? No, it doesn't. (laughs) Um, you know, maybe just because it's midsummer. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, this is a weird movie because I, I don't know how, you know, this is a jumbled review, but I really, I don't know how to sell this movie to anyone. Right. Like if you like folk horror movies and you like really art, artful, um, horror. Maybe you should check this out, but I I think that the first half is more promising than the second half because very much like Hereditary, the longer it kind of goes on, the less and less interesting it becomes, and then it pull you know it pulls that card in the end where it's like this ending where you're just kind of like, really, this is what you're leaving me with. It just yeah. feels like such a cop out. Blue balls. And it feels lazy. Okay. Uh, so a lazy lazy ending. Good yeah, start, lazy, lazy ending there yeah. for Midsummer. Uh, we mentioned earlier on the show uh, something I want to leave you with uh, before we wrap the show up this week. Thank sure. you so much for being in the show. Uh, in, in the Sorry, chat. that was like really no, a jumbled was, review. Dude, that's a, it sounds like an exact depiction of the movie. <laughs> uh, okay, so I just want to touch you. I mentioned Corbin Burnson earlier in the show. A uh, piece you might want to check out. What being the 4th of July, July weekend, and obviously baseball being a very big thing in America. Uh, I spoke to Corbin Burnson for Forbes uh, just uh, just last week uh, to do with uh, Major League uh, 30th anniversary. It's just been released on Blu-ray and had a little chat with him about uh, I Love Major League had a little chat with him about the possibility of a sequel they did two sequels, didn't do very well uh, a bit awkward uh, but uh, <laughs> there is apparently a script for a fourth Major League movie. It's written by David S. Ward. Uh, His exact quote is, there is a script for a fourth movie. David S. Ward has written it, uh, but I have not seen the script. I can't imagine I would play hugely in it, but if I were going to do it, we'd need a reunion. You'd really want everybody to be there. Charlie, Sheen, Wesley, Snipes, Tom, Berenger, and I wouldn't be playing baseball, that's for sure, Uh, but I'd be interested to know what the characters are doing. To go back and explore the schematics of coming together as a team again would be great, but I think they'd need to put new characters in it i think there is a, val- a validity to it uh i would actually quite like to see a new major league movie but i'd like to see it on netflix rather <laughs> than at the box office um okay. i think that would be the way to go forward but uh major league another movie anybody Bueller. i if it's gonna happen Bueller. the way you said so I mean, I don't need one theatrical. Either. I don't need need one theatrical either. Oh my god, your enthusiasm sometimes yeah, is it's just over thrilled. And, and I like Corbin Burnson a yep, lot. So do I. He's a great he's, guy. He's a great yeah. guy. It's a great movie. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we have run out of time. We're literally seconds away from the show uh, ending. Uh, in the chat, I just want to give a, a heads up to Xavier uh, Jones. I don't think I'd visit Sweden with my uh, uh, my black behind, regardless of whether <laughs> I'd see Midsummer or not. Xavier uh, Jones, um, I. 
can't comment on that. Uh, film nerd <laughs> Jamie, if you want to see how messed up Ari Aster is, check out his short film, The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. Well done, uh, but genuinely unsettling. Xeno uh, Hour, I thought Hereditary was overrated by critics. Xeno Hour, thank you, I agree. Ari Aster is a, a hell of a filmmaker. I also agree, yep. uh, but I don't know if I could watch two and a half hours yeah. of this stuff. Uh, Xavier Jones, imagine if Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, and Ryan Mer- uh, Murphy teamed up to do a film or a TV series. Oh, I the like Twilight that. Zone season two. I literally had exactly <laughs> the same thought. And Xavier Jones, I agree. Critics really overrated Hereditary. It yes. was not as good to me as all the hype and Kami Egan. Directing uh, is great. That's what the problem is with that movie. The directing is fantastic, yeah. just like it is with Midsummer. It's it's terms of the script and just becoming too pretentious. Yeah, that's what the problem is. It's like it's a film. Lover's movie, but it's also like the filmmaking, the filmmaker making love to himself while he's directing the movie. It's really how I feel about it. So there you That's go. an image. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Oh, midsummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that would be a finale that would deliver. Uh, okay, oh, everybody. Oh, thank you so much. Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you? Right here on Meet the Movie Press. Uh, and you can find me on the Twitters at Dimitri Panos. Scott Menzel. You can find me at uh, WeLiveEntertainment.com. I was going to say Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Uh, you can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. I also have a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. If you like this show, please like, subscribe, retweet the link for the show. Spread the word. We really appreciate it. Uh, also, feel free to follow us on Twitter at Meet Movie Press. And for those of you in Los Angeles, the Bigger Boat Film Quiz. We're going to need a bigger boat. Returns to Los Angeles on July 22nd. Uh, on 27th, sorry. Saturday, July 27th. The weekend after Comic-Con. Uh, tickets are now available. It's at the Three Clubs on Vine here in Los Angeles. Last time was a sellout, so please get your tickets early. Thank you so much for watching the show. You have a great 4th of July weekend. Uh, and uh, we're going to go now. Bye. Thank you for coming. Bye. Thank you. Bye. bye Thank you. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.